Today on the podcast, I am bringing in Kara Walker and she graduated from college debt-free and is now on a quest to help others do the same. But I brought her in here because I love her biblical mindset when it comes to money. And I haven't chatted about money on the podcast before. So I wanted to bring in Kara to share with us how she, from high school, changed her viewpoint of money and is now helping others do the same. So she has a podcast, Money and Mental Peace, as well as an online course. So she's a Christian entrepreneur and loves all things goal setting, budgeting and living debt free, which I think is amazing. And I agree with her that more of us should be doing the same. So let's get into today's episode with Kara. Hey mama, do you want to balance maintaining your home, cooking, cleaning, all the things you have to do as a stay-at-home mum whilst being present with your family? Do you find yourself up late at night scattered thinking about all the things you didn't get done and so need to do tomorrow? Is your greatest desire for your littles to know and love Jesus? Hey, I'm Elise. When I became a mum, I felt overwhelmed and wished that I could just stay on top of everything. I wanted to be there for my family and yet all these things still had to get done. I was worried that I would spend this time too busy and miss it until I found the secret, partnering with God, even in our home life. In this podcast, you will find tactical tips for homemaking, help for your low-tox journey, as well as biblical parenting so that you will find God's joy and experience His peace in motherhood. Welcome to Wholesome Mama. It's time to go grab your cup of tea, reheat it because you know, and let's get into today's episode. Well, I am so excited, Cara, that you are on the Wholesome Mama show to chat with us today. So first of all, thank you so much for coming on. And to get started, can you just introduce yourself a little bit? And I'd really love the listeners to know what led you to to do what you're doing now. Sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I am Cara. A little bit different place in the world, if you can tell by my accent. Um, and so I graduated from college debt free, and I'm now on a quest to help other students do the same. I have a podcast called Money and Mental Peace. I like to tell people that I'm a Christian entrepreneur, amateur snowboarder, and recovering overachiever. So <laughs> that's kind of my nerdiness in there. And also, goal setting, budgeting, all those things that people normally hate and I get all excited about. So that's me. And that kind of started all when I had a personal finance class in high school and it was Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. And so it was the inspiration of like, oh, you can actually build wealth in an ethical and wholesome and even just strategic, almost like no nonsense way and not necessarily just like win the lottery or get an inheritance, but also it can be God honoring and we can use it for great things. And there can be an order and steps to it that actually makes logical sense. Lit me up. I was like, why did nobody tell me this before? <laughs> Is that when you decided that you wanted to, you set the goal to graduate debt-free? Cause that is a huge thing to graduate mm-hmm. college debt-free. I don't remember if I specifically like wrote down a goal on it. It was more of like a I wanted to do college. So I was like, oh, I guess I'll have to figure out other way to do it. I don't know if I ever remembered like writing it on like a 
dream board or something or like a goal written down. Um, it was actually even more like anticlimactic than that because I feel like it was like I started on that path of just keeping my stuff organized and emergency fund and I didn't really have any debt. I didn't have a car then or whatever. And so it was just kind of like when college came, I was like, well, I'm not going to loan, so I'll just have to figure something out. It was almost like I already had started on that trajectory, so it was kind of a no-brainer. The reason I got I finished college debt-free was because loans just weren't even an option. It was like getting married and not even having divorce being an option in, in our minds. But just like that as an idea, I was like, oh, I'm not getting a loan, so I got to figure something else out. It wasn't really emotional. It was more just like no nonsense to me. I love the mindset and we're actually going to talk, get into having a biblical mindset when it comes to money. But I love that you had that mindset because for us, for my husband and I, that is our, uh, you know, divorce just isn't even a word. Like that just doesn't, isn't even a word to us. So I love that you had that mindset of, okay, well, loan's not an option. So I'm just going to have to figure it out. And you did. And I think that is amazing, but let's get into different mindsets when it comes to money. So why is having a biblical foundational mindset when it comes to money? Why is that so important for us as believers? Sure. So I would say a couple angles. First of all, that if we're believers and we believe that God created everything, created us, put us on this planet, allows us to live our lives, all the things, you know, it's already all his anyways so it's like we need to be stewarding it well kind of like if you gave your children money and told them it was for lunch money I don't know you'd ideally want them to be using it well and not on something else let alone if heaven forbid you know you passed away and your kids left with this big inheritance can you imagine them squandering it in two months you know just I feel like that would break someone's heart like a parent's heart and so it's just so much having a mindset of we're stewarding God's funds and that just is glorifying to him but secondly it's not just like a oh I gotta do this like it's such a blessing for us his parameters of money and as Dave says God and grandma's way of handling money it provides such a safety net security mental peace and just settledness I feel like when you are free from debt and such and then what great fun like I think a lot of people are like Christians shouldn't be wealthy or whatever like even in Proverbs 31 they talked about the woman what is it called the 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 virtuous woman the ideal virtuous woman thank you and it's talking about her being like a businesswoman in purple cloth which that was a sign of great riches and honestly i think it was zig ziglar that said something like i would rather have the christians of the world be the ones with all the diamonds and the rubies to handle them well and to have the literal god of the universe wanting to give us suggestions on what to do with it and so that we can <clears throat> both enjoy it and glorify him and then also give and serve and whatever versus somebody else who would use it for evil purposes. So I think it's just the perspective of glorifying God, how much it blesses us like utterly immensely. And honestly, I think every other facet of life grows upon it. I would say there's the spiritual foundation in life and personally, I mean, I'm saying spiritual and family, you know, like there's the most important things. And then personally, I would say finances are next foundation before 
the other steps because it allows you to have the freedom to do the other steps of ministry, of work, of leisure, of whatever, of healthcare and beauty care and self-care. And, and, you know, I could go off on a tangent, so I'll stop it right there, but there's glorifying God and there's just enjoying it. And also why not let the Christians of the world learn to handle money well, that they can be the best stewards and not the wicked's, you know, people in the world. I totally agree because you think about money, you take away the idleness that we sometimes can put money. We can put money on this idol. And the Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil. Not money is the root of all evil Mm -hmm. because money is a resource Mm -hmm. that we can use to build the kingdom of God. Absolutely. Like what you've just been saying is that if the Christians of the world were the ones who, you know, and it's not stupid, selfishly rich. It is with the humility of I'm blessed to be a blessing and I am a vessel that God, what you have blessed me with is to pour onto other people. So I can give to charities who are helping vulnerable people. I can help people be released from poverty. I can do all these things. If we as Christians didn't have money, those things wouldn't happen. Even things like church, church takes money. Buildings cost money. Mm-hmm. It, kids ministry costs money to run. <laughs> so there's all these things that I think we forget the practicalness of money as a resource. And I love what you said at the beginning to, it is about stewardship and we just need to steward it well. So how can we, how can we teach our children then, even from a young age, about money? Yeah, thank you for asking. So basically, it needs to trickle down from the top. So I would say not just the children, but how are the parents doing around money? And then not just money as a foundation, but spiritual life on top of it as a foundation. So I would say the first step is whoever's listening, do you and God have daily time together? And that doesn't have to be humongously long. It can be that commute home from dropping your kids off. You literally have 10 to 20 minutes to listen to a few Bible verses on your phone and pray. Like, are you actually seeking or like welcoming him in to just think about it and talk about it? And I think then trickling down and just learning your own um, money literacy, I guess you could say, and whatever your own impression is around money. And is it positive, negative? Is it a pain? Is it stressful to you? Is it, was there financial abuse? What I'm trying to say is what you feel with money trickles down. It it really does trickle down, not just what you say, but what you feel. And I don't mean that we're everything in life is about emotions and feeling, but you, you, somebody might need to get some therapy or for just sit down and journal or forgiveness or something around perspective of money and reading about God's words of money. And also if you want Dave Ramsey, who has some great order and system to such financial freedom. But anyways, that's a little bit more abstract because in my opinion, that kind of trickles down. So it depends on the kids' ages, but you know, if your kids are really young, I think there's just a positive conversation. Like if you're putting money into to offering it at church, be like, this helps the lights go on. Do you remember the 
the children's ministry, you know, party you had last week, this allowed it to happen. Talking about how money does great things. And I think having a positive demeanor, I would say, I was going to say energy, and I don't mean that in like a new agey way, but just like a positive attitude or something around money. And then also our words we speak. And then if we're going even more practical, in my opinion, it's encouraging kids whenever they have money to give, save, and spend. Just the practice of, let's say they had $10, but out of $10, they might save $1 for a gumball next week. They might give $1 to buy a gumball for a friend and then $8 to spend on themselves. Like it doesn't have to be all thirds and of course, as you get to like high school and you know older, it can be a lot more uh, responsible, I'd, I'd think. But in my opinion, it trickles down from your own attitude and perspective, how you're handling money, how you're verbally saying positive things about money, and then encouraging your kids to give, save, spend, and that all of them are important. So that's kind of my abstract practical suggestion. What do you think about those points? <laughs> no, I, I love it. And I think that both are equally just as important because if if I as a mom or if my husband and I as the parents, if we are stressed about money, if we are frantically trying to get enough money to cover our bills, if we are not trusting God to provide for us, if we are those kinds of things absolutely they're going to trickle down to our kids our kids are going to hear us even though they're younger and we might think that they don't fully understand what we mean they're going to pick up on it and those are the as you said the foundation that we are laying for them as abstract as it was the that's the most important part is looking at the example that you are setting and then I love being practical about and going okay Here's your $10, but what about, yes, you could go to the shop and buy this for $10 and then it's all gone. And having those, even from a young age, and we've, we can do this with our like three-year-olds when they get birthday money and go, or you could save it and put, or put all your money together and you could buy this bigger thing or you can, and having mm -hmm. conversations like that, even when it comes to buying Christmas presents, you can involve them in that to help them lay those foundations so I think that that is great and so important to do that from a young age so you're not having to try and do it in late high school when they then have all this other noise and you know think that the world and maybe mess up your relationship with your kids if it's mm. stressed around money like I mean a lot of I don't know there have been statistics I don't know about the most updated but m one of the top money or divorce issues is money you mm. know so you know you can have estrangement from your your kids or college students you know too so you're right starting early I love it yeah so one thing that you said that you geek out on is budgeting so I want to get into that because I know that that is super practical, but do you think it is important for us to, to budget? Should we set a budget? What is your thoughts around budgeting? Yes, it's uber important, <laughs> but I know people a lot of times hate to hear that, but because I think it pressures them or stresses them out. So let me say it a different way. I would view budget a budget as a calendar for your money. So let's say you had planned on doing laundry and deep cleaning today. 
But your best friend from high school 10, 20 years ago came into town. Like, you're going to change your schedule around. You're going to say the kids have enough clothes that aren't their favorite, but they can wear them. And who cares that I deep cleaned? I'm going to go see my friend. You can change your schedule around. Budget is, like Dave says, telling your money where to go instead of wondering where it went. And so it's like putting down at the beginning of the month where you think all of your funds are going to be need to go. And if you really don't know, it can take several months to get into the hang of it. But if you also, if you don't know, you can kind of cushion, like it's like putting an outline together of a paper or a calendar or vacation itinerary. But when you get to vacation, you want to have some down days and decide random stuff you want to do, but you still got to get to the airport to get there and leave at the correct time, you know? So it's just almost like having the set amount of money, making sure you know where it's all been. I think people freak out because it feels like a straitjacket, but calendars are not a straitjacket. Sometimes they have to be adjusted, but you wouldn't like forget to write. Well, I might, we might forget, but hopefully not forget to write a doctor's appointment on a calendar Because we have so much going on in our head, we might not remember the exact date and time. We're going to write it down. For me, that's where I'm writing down what's going on with my money instead of getting to the end of the month and wondering, where did it all go? What in the world happened? And in my opinion, it's a zero-based budget, which means you put all your income at the top. You're subtracting how much you think will go towards groceries and gas and rent or mortgage or, or whatever. And at the bottom, you get to zero. That doesn't mean you have zero money left. It means that it's all delegated to some place. You might be saving some of that money. You might be giving some. You might be waiting to pay bills in two weeks. You know, it. it but it's just, I just, I'm going to be a broken record. It's telling your money where to go instead of wondering where it went. So budgeting is so important just as much as writing stuff on your calendar to not forget is important. Yeah. yeah. And it's really being the boss of your own money. It's taking ownership of your money so because I know for so many people I don't think they would know where like what their expenses are I don't think they would even know if their expenses are less than their income and for for a lot of people it's probably more and that's where we have been that is why we need to budget and we we have a budget and it is a very loose budget but it is there so that exactly we know where our money is going and we no longer have those moments of going, oh, this bill, um, where do we get that from? So <laughs> I love that. Can you share, you've kind of have already, but do you have any other tips for budgeting or for managing money for parents? Sure. So I think people don't always know what they need to budget for. And then they get overwhelmed at what is important or not. And so if we kind of go through the steps that, first of all, is if you had any sort of, you know, tithing or giving commitment, you know, there's that that you're establishing first. But then the four walls of like survival, right? Making sure you and your family have food, shelter, transportation, and clothing. And that's not necessarily extra luxury items of each of those, but just like, are y'all surviving? And then beyond that, definitely not getting into the whole list of this in this podcast, but go check out Dave Ramsey's Baby Steps, the first step of a $1,000 emergency fund, or I'm not sure how it 
calculates over in currency elsewhere, <laughs> small chunk of an emergency fund. And so, you know, if you have all your four walls established and you should always have a little bit of fun money, even if it's $1 or $5 to buy ice cream, just a little teeny tiny bit or a lot more if you have a lot of money, but just a little bit, you know, and then saving that emergency fund, paying off debt, establishing a fully funded emergency fund of three to six months expenses, and then proceeding into the rest of your life. You know, anyone can look up Dave Ramsey's seven baby steps, but I think the advice is that like initial commitment, if you had to give or tithe or something, the four walls, and then you just feel like, you know, you're safe. You know, you have your bills taken care of. You know that you're not going to be kicked out on the streets. And I know that might sound dramatic to some people, but that is that established financial piece. And then the rest can lay on top of that. And you just know where it all went. And it's just so amazing. Even sometimes, even if I have a really bad day or I'm stressed or there's chaotic stuff happening around me, I'm like, okay, but at least I have no debt and an emergency fund. Like, it's like one of those little tiny things that I'm like, okay, at least, at least it's that, you know? And so I'd say having those things established can give you a sense of peace. I love it. Love it. Well, thank you so much, Kara, for coming on and sharing with us and speaking into what I think is such a such an important topic and not spoken about enough. So I'm so glad that you were able to come on the show today and share with us. So thank you. Can you, just before we go, share uh, where anyone can find you you've shared your podcast but um if anyone wants to connect with you where they can get in contact yeah sure thank you yeah the podcast is money and mental peace and if that's all you remember that's totally fine because I have in the podcast description there's always to connect with me but if you just remember that so like also there's instagram money and mental peace I just like to revert people to the podcast money and mental peace yeah. thank you so much for having me thank you have a beautiful day you too well, that wraps up another episode and I pray that you were blessed by today's conversation and really got something out of it for you to take into your motherhood this week. If you did get something out of today's episode, please subscribe, leave a review so I know that you're loving the show. You can also come and chat on Instagram. The handle is at Wholesome Mama. And don't forget, we have a Facebook community too with mums just like you who are in the trenches of mothering littles. So come and join us over there as well. The link for everything is always in the show notes. Have a beautiful week, mum. Be blessed and I will be with you next week.